What's up, guys, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Now, I know we do have a little bit of some topic conversation that we want to talk about today. We also have some sweet hot tips, as usual. And so we're going to lead off with a couple different things. First of all, I'm just going to put you on the spot, Brent, and what, what is your hot tip of the, uh, the episode? Because you know, just going to put you on the spot right now. I'm ready. I'm ready. Awesome. I've got, awesome. I've got dozens of these. You can, you can call on me at dozens. any point. I've got some, <laughs> some hot tips. Yeah. All right. We're going to start with this one. And this is something that talking with some internet friends today kind of came up with. All right. GW shade bottles. You knock them okay. over and most of the shade spills out. It's yes. uh it's an internet meme at this point, and I myself personally, th this came up this week for me. I spilled my Reichland flesh shade, and I lost, you know, three quarters of a bottle. It was it was close to a full bottle. Lost most of it, and as always happens, you know, the last two milliliters stays there at the bottom. Yeah. And uh, you're going to be rationing that for the next few months. <laughs> and this this really... This was the hat trick. This completed the trifecta of Nuln Oil, Agrax Earthshade, Reichland Flesh Shade. All three of those bottles for me are down to the last one and a half milliliters because not that I used so much of it, but because right. I had one accident on each of them. And, you know, I've, I've gotten to the point now where I do put them into like a little medicine cup when I'm using them, just a little extra little extra protection from just whacking them and, and having them spill all over the desk and yeah. n it has helped me a couple of times it probably protected that reikland flesh shade for you know maybe an hour of use or so and then it happened knocked it over yeah as always yeah. happens but quick tip of the day is we've got a new theory of the case on really trying to minimize losses okay and I'm going to reverse my stance on a previous issue. This may be the perfect time to rebottle Games Workshop paints. <laughs> Previously, I, my position okay. was just buy Vallejo. You you want paint in a bottle? Don't don't buy it in in a can. You know, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. this, this is this is simple. But I do actually really like those Games Workshop shades. And also, I think they're kind of the perfect item for you go into a, a friendly local game store, you feel like, you know, because you have walked into the, the door, uh, you should probably buy something. And if we get to a point where we're playing games there again, yeah, mm -hmm. if you play a game there, you should buy something. And I think, yeah. you know, a can of Nuln Oil is just the right price point, probably a decent little couple buck margin built in there. You go, you play a game, you, you eat some snacks, you buy a bottle of Nuln Oil. Good, good. Uh, everyone's happy. Yeah. yeah. M maybe you buy a, a Night Titan or, or something else, too. You know, maybe, little, yeah, maybe just a little something, something. Throw down an extra 150. Sure. <laughs> but, it, but it's like a good minimal, like, thank you for, for having this store. Thank you for being a brick-and-mortar operation. My null oil is getting a little low. We'll, we'll pick that up. And null oil gloss, I've heard bad things. But you know what? Why not try it? Well, you just pick this up, you know? Yeah, yeah why not? And so 
in terms of just uh, little little knickknacks to pick up at the shop, I think the the Games Workshop shades or, or washes or whatever are actually pretty high on that list. Mm-hmm. For just most most of the time, they'll be there. Pick them up. Anyway, once you get them home, though, I have changed my position on this. Once you get them home, you pour off the first fifteen milliliters into a dropper bottle. Sure. That that way you're saving what would ordinarily be on your desk within a week, and you still have that remaining two milliliters at the bottom of the shade bottle. Okay. Now, it's up to you from this point, whether you're working from the dropper bottle, putting that onto a pallet, getting your wash when you need it, or if you're just working from the dregs of that null oil bottle all the way through, and then it gets uh, gets into the danger zone really, really low, it'll squirt a little, you, you got a little refill bottle. That's that's interesting. Okay, uh-huh. a refill bottle, <laughs> like the opposite. And, it, and so. it's uh, <laughs> you're outsmarting the system. You're yeah. saying like, look, yeah. I know I'm gonna tip you over, but if there's nothing to to spill out, I win. Yeah. And if that's true. and if all that would have spilled into the desk is now in a little dropper bottle inside my desk, and I pull it mm-hmm. out when I need it, boom, done. I mean, I'm with you there. Okay, no. I ha- I have transferred several of my washes, or at least parts of them, to dropper bottles, uh, specifically. And uh, I'll get into this in a minute. My my for my hot tip, one of my hot tips, I should say, uh, Reichlin Flesh Shade, fifty fifty with the gloss, excellent. But um, yeah, there there are other ways. Uh, in fact, this week something came up, and someone was like. If you need a hot tip for this week, I got you covered, right? I actually, I was sent this, okay, personal tip information. Um, Like a lot of people, a lot of us have like, you know, blue tack laying around, silly putty, whatever the case is. Like if you're going to open up a bottle of wash or something, tack that down to your desk. Mm. It's not going to spill. Like unless you got huge lumbering arms that are going to smack things over while you're painting dainty models. That's a good point. That's, that's bringing me back to when I used to be an actual chemist, you know, there, there, there are go. some yeah. bottles that you open yeah. up where the risk, if you spill the bottle is, mm-hmm. uh, literally a fl- fiery death. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, actually it's, it's completely related to why sometimes like, uh, meth, dens just burst into flame sometimes right yeah yeah it makes sense but yeah so so very strong bases that just react so fast they generate so much heat and uh yeah you know yeah. one time there was like a drop i was trying to clean it up with a piece of tissue and the tissue just burst into flames like oh that's <laughs> oops <laughs> yeah uh, so anyway he yeah if you're if you're working with something you really don't want to spill Absolutely, mm-hmm. you you clamp it down to your work yeah, desk. Clamp That's... it down, tack it down, double sided tape it down. You know, Games Workshop even makes a handy dandy bottle holder to make absolute sure that you're not going to spill a seven dollar bottle. No, I actually got sent one. That's rewarding them for bad behavior. You, no, I, I I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. Okay. Um. It's it's kind of ridiculous to make something to take care, like fix the problem after the fact, right? Like they're the ones that created the problem to begin with, and they're just covering up their mistakes. But 
they also sell it for literally like three bucks. And that's at a local game shop. So it's not like the it's not the biggest investment in the world to actually stop this stuff from happening. You know, it's kind of like an unspoken apology. They they want yeah. you to know that they're sorry, but but they're not and they're, they're not the overcharging. Told them they cannot say this. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I have it on good authority that they are very proud of their bottles. Like okay. good authority. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some strong brand identity there, but that's that's about it. The only advantage. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even then, I think they're uh, like, what was it? The the other bottles that they had before. The like bolter looking, you know what I'm talking about, like the hexagon. Yeah, I think yeah. those those looked more GW than the new ones do. Oh, I think they do. Yeah. yeah. Or, well, it just depends on your generation, I guess. But uh, yeah, to yeah, us, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Interesting though. I I think there are definitely ways around the spillage issue. Um, personally, and maybe I should knock on wood. I've never spilled a bottle. Like I've dumped, you know, purposely or on accident, I should say dumped extra out that I wasn't meaning to, but I've never knocked a a thing over. I've done it to literally every one of them I've owned. (laughs) That's great. And even when I put it in like a special little holder and uh, like I said, this was, it was like a medicine cup from the top of a NyQuil bottle or something. So it's a cough syrup bottle and you know, not a lot of weight to it, but it, it broadens the base out a little bit, makes it a little more resilient. And I, sure. I thought I was being clever. I thought I had my system, but not good it. enough. <laughs> good thing I never uh, presented that as a quick tip. Quick tip, get yourself some NyQuil and, yeah. uh, you know. Drink it. Then, have two, uh... three times the recommended dose of uh, Robitussin and then paint uh-huh, bravely. Uh-huh. That's that's what we call that. <laughs> we call that something. Uh... Yeah. It might not get any painting done, but something. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so your quick tip is to uh, stick your your wash bottles down to your table, and of course that, we can that, get around all of this of them, by yes. just buying like strong tone or something. But I I do think there's True something enough. special to to Agrax yeah. Earthshade. It's it's just the right blend. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Out out of all of the GW washes, Agrax Earthshade is definitely my favorite it's my go-to um it does so much it does so much with so little just just a little brown a little black and it mm-hmm. and it just it's it's wonderful um yeah i still like i said i haven't haven't had the spillage issue um yeah uh, you just wait for it casey i, I i'm hey, sure you're it just happens, special it'll happen it's possible yeah, yeah. I you know it's funny too is every time every time I open the bottle though, like I think about those pictures that I see, in in all the all the Warhammer groups. Oh, spilled you know, another one down. You know, yeah. F F in the in the comments. You know, and I think about it every time, and I'm going, I'm gonna spill it this time. It, this time is my time, and it just never happens. Yeah, I don't know. That that meme irks me a little bit because it's. Yeah. It's not funny anymore. It, it it's like not a serious anymore. design flaw, and uh, I I have spilled way more of all of my bottles of this wash than I have used of it, and I, I don't consider myself to be a particularly uh, clumsy or careless person. So right, right. 
it, yeah, that when, when that Reichland went the other day, I mean, you know, first reaction is to, to reach right for my paper towels, which are mounted in a convenient place on my mm, level yeah. four and a half painting desk and, you know, mm-hmm, wipe that mm-hmm. up. But and then it's just like, man, so angry. <laughs> just I mean, about as angry as Goobertown Hobbies gets, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, then you get all the other comments are, uh, on those posts that are like, hey, man, you got to you got to keep a syringe around just in case so you can you know suck all that stuff back up and put it back in it's like i don't i don't keep a syringe on handy but that's a good idea it's a nice thought i guess (laughs) back to chemistry days you know we did we were taught to keep your workbench clean enough that if you break your your glass flask that you can recover most of the liquid if you need to or most of the powder or whatever Uh, still probably going to involve a lot of loss and like a purification step but uh sure if you're if you're doing an 18 step synthesis and on step 15 you uh you, you drop your product that's that's a bad day so so yeah yeah you, know, you get the syringe to pick up agrax earth shade like yeah you get a few milliliters out of it but sure well alternatively listen to one or or both of our quick tips and exactly and address this beforehand some tack, some double-sided tape, put it into dropper bottles. Very I mean, good. the dropper bottles are, are kind of like the thing, right? Although, you're not going to find a, a large enough dropper bottle. And and the problem I actually have with that, for washes, only for washes, not for the paints, is that you only get the one label on the wash bottle, and you're going to end up filling almost two bottles. Well... We'll it's think a of a solution one of these days. One That's why I'm days. saying my. Oh my god! Look, okay, I know you can't see this. The cat is literally behind the camera, swinging at the touch screen. <laughs> it hasn't changed any settings yet, but oh, the touch right, touch hold on, screen. I've got to distract it. Here, kitty, kitty, Here, kitty, 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 kitty. Come Here, on, kitty, kitty, kitty. Don't touch that. Don't touch Don't that. Don't touch that. Of all That's the expensive. things you regularly touch, not this one. <laughs> Get back in that in that box. He's, he's like a little director. He's sitting right behind the camera, staring at the touch screen. Gordon Gordon actually like pays more attention to screens than some other cats. You know, mm. he's one of the mm. ones that's really prone. You can put uh, like uh, one of those bird films on. Oh sure. You know, TV yeah. for cats, and he'll just sit there and and bat at it. But mm. Mm. right, he's distracted. Okay, so I think we can move on from this uh, yeah, I think so. series of quick tips here. Move into uh, what have you been up to, Casey? Oh, man. I mean, not not a lot, I guess. Not a lot. Um, yeah, okay, it's, it's, been, it's been a bit. It's been quite a bit, actually. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, getting ready for next week. So by the time you're hearing this podcast, I won't be a father for the second time, but... If you're listening to this on the day of release, it will literally be within the next 24 hours. I'll be in the hospital doing the thing. Yeah. So there's been a lot of prep. There's been a lot of uh, getting stuff ready, you know, to, to have a new kid in the house. And that's that's been a lot on my plate. Um, trying to figure out what I'm going to do in the meantime, like for the channel, for the, this podcast even. I mean, we're, we're still going to be all right, but, you know. It's a lot to think about, and uh, I've been weirdly gathering stuff to to 
do, even though I I don't think I'm going to get to like 90% of it. Like I bought an obscene amount of models lately. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. This is I, the sort I, of thing I like to hear about. How <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, I, I liked uh, on your, you know, I saw your painting Mephiston video where you're, you know, seeing if you got a good price on the Mephiston that you have right ahead in front of you. And you saw yeah. a different Mephiston for a good price. You just bought more Mephistons. <laughs> In the video, so. yes. I bought another I assume that uh, was iteration. related to uh, your current state of mind. Yeah, literally. Like, I'm filming I'm filming the video. And I'm like, oh my god, this... Buy now. I, I need to one buy this. Purchase. And I did. Like, I recorded the process of me going, I'm just going to buy this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've spent a lot of money. Uh, I probably spent two hundred, three hundred dollars on Death Guard models. Just like, like I said, an obscene amount of models have come. Um, I bought a a good chunk of. Uh, in fact, I bought the entire special edition box of that Sisters of Battle box that came out. I got a sweet deal on it, um, but still, you know, I I bought those models. I owned them, uh, and the book. For those, and for the Death Guard stuff, I also bought a Mortarion. I think I've mentioned that three or four times. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I even went so far as to magnetize the weapon options on a Plague Burst crawler, which I oh yeah, I bought magnets too. I don't know what's wrong with me, but the, like the guns, they're they're magnetized. Hmm, look at that. that I don't was, know why. That was slick. It yeah, for those of you not slick. watching on the YouTube channel, that magnet, uh, that yeah, weapon went right onto can, that you tank. You can hear that. Uh, oh, yeah. That sounds slick. That, that sounds magnet great. Sound. And if you are watching on YouTube, please leave a comment to it. encourage Casey to buy more cool stuff. Let him know what color you want to see those Death Guard and Sisters of Battle. Yeah, and, and, and stuff. <laughs> Uh, I also played Kill Team for the first time, so I've been a little bit uh, obsessive in looking up different Kill Teams and purchasing them in full. Very good. Yeah. Very good. So I like off to the side. I have a whole table set up, and then there's a a tray behind the camera of models set up, and then there's a a whole desk over here with models and sprues and. Um, a bunch of blood angels that I bought. That's right. Yeah. Like having a, having a new kid come in, like there's a weird thing that happens in your brain where you're like, this is it. I'm, I'm done. I got to get my stuff done now. I got to get some stuff going. Yeah. And for some reason, party of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of feels like that. And this happened, this happened last time too. Like I got back into the hobby because of my first child. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, oh, my God, like my my youth is over. I'm finished. I I need to I need to get into like something again. And Warhammer was that something like no joke. Like I was painting uh, Skaven like first day we brought him home. I'm sitting on the couch painting some some uh, some plague, whatever's plague bears, whatever. Skaven plague things. Ah, Memories. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, so maybe a little bit of mental breakdown, maybe something like on that level. But uh, yeah, you know, it's been good. You know, I think 
I think like you know a little bit of stress is related to a little bit of a shopping addiction. I think those go hand in hand. Uh, oh, this, for sure. This all checks yeah. out, and and plus, you deserve some more I deserve, kill teams. Deserve. Like I need. played kill team once, and I'm like, I need all the kill it's, teams. It's literally your job <laughs> to buy all these kill teams. I I do say that to myself. Mm-hmm. Like you know what this this is my job, this is my day job. And uh, I need I need this kill team, and yeah. not because I want to win, but because I want to show you how cool it is, right? To to win after I paint them nicely. Yeah, <laughs> you, you go out to check your mailbox, and and the neighbor mm-hmm. sees you and kind of gives you a look as you're walking back with like seven boxes from eBay, and you say, yeah. "What? It's my job. It's my job." I I've yeah. had that not that conversation so much, but that look. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I have one neighbor in particular who uh, he's older. He, he sits out on his porch every day for for a few hours, like regardless the weather. I don't know what the deal is, but he just sits out there. Um, and man, like I've talked to him a bunch and he's a nice guy, but like he does give me that look like I go to the I go to the mailbox, which in, in my neighborhood is outside. It's like a, a. You know, you don't just have individual mailboxes. You have like a like almost an apartment complex style thing. It's like you know, one for every uh, couple of blocks or whatever. You go to the community thing, you have your box, and then there's package boxes. So, you know, I have to walk across the street and open up my box. And, yeah, it's usually like nine or ten packages, and I'm struggling. And I'm I'm the one that takes up all of the package boxes, and they give you keys in your particular mailbox. So everybody else's packages either have to wait or they get delivered to their porch or some other way. I'm not sure they slam them into the boxes. So I'm usually the guy carrying the 10 boxes out of the designated package section of the mailbox. And and I definitely get those looks of like, the hell are you doing? Yeah. Like why? I do like why? the mental image of you sitting there with like seven of these keys opening up your, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about almost right. Like there, there are two package boxes, but I mean, it, it's embarrassing when I have both keys. It is. Okay. Okay. Cause like they're, they're fairly large, like sure. multiple packages can fit. So when I have both keys, it's kind of like, that means that the other probably 20 people in my like overall mailbox aren't getting their packages in the designated boxes. <laughs> so that happens most weeks. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should check your mail more often. That's uh I I check it every day and I am signed up for the uh advanced notification mail where I get photos in my email of what I'm getting in the mail. So I know what's coming. Okay. It just stacks up. Mhm. Yeah. I I do feel like the mail carrier has slightly given up because I did find a package like not on my porch, but uh, like halfway up my driveway, just tossed, just nonchalant <laughs> tossed up my driveway. So I th- I think it might be in fed up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have to start repairing those relations. That's all right. Yeah, well, You've Christmas got kill comes teams around, and uh, they don't, and that's the important thing. <laughs> and they don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, kill teams also, and almost two children. So, and almost two children. Who are you One looking at? Yeah. Nine, ten. Yeah, it's it's getting there. 
the other thing I've been doing is I actually went back and uh, I pulled one of my older models out and I decided to repaint it. Uh, not something I painted, but one of the first things I ever bought on eBay was a Vlad von Karstein vampire counts model. Mm. Um, and, and if you are listening to this on the day of release, then that will have already gone up the day before. So it is out for your viewing pleasure. Um, and that actually, I've been pretty excited about that. Weirdly. Um, normally I, I spend a good like four or five hours per model. Cause that's kind of all I have to spend each week. It's not actually that long to paint. Um, yeah, I mean, in general, to put put videos together each week, I don't have that much time allotted to me. Um, but this week, I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, kids coming, let me just sit down and I'm gonna spend an extra like five hours on this model, and like it actually made a big ass difference. <laughs> like, interesting. You would you I mean, would think it sense, would. But... It makes sense, but like, yeah, I don't know for some reason. Like when you're painting, you don't necessarily think that it actually will. When you think you've hit a point where the model is done. Like it's done because you say it is, but is it actually done? And I I bet that more often than not, it's not done. And I definitely found that out this week. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah. Yeah, we can we can definitely talk about this topic. This this happened to me this week, a couple of models I was working on where it was the act of putting them onto their finished bases. I said, okay, so I'm going to get them looking pretty good and then we'll put them onto their bases so that they have context. And then I'll go through and do the finishing details. But once they were on those finishing on those bases, you know, I could look at them and be like, okay, I could put a highlight here. I could fix up this thing. I could do this, but they look done. And then just sometimes something clicks in your brain like these models are done what am i painting next yeah. why, why do i want to sit here for another you know couple hours and mm-hmm. i like them just the way they are and so <laughs> that's that's a that's a real danger and I'm, I'm glad you uh found a way to push through on old van karsten there yeah yeah um you know i was thinking about it too and that's that's obviously going to be the the topic of the video that i'm going to be making that will have been out by the time you're listening to this so eh, we'll see how it goes um is that that kind of drive of like when when is a model actually finished because you know you reach a certain point like you're happy with it you look at it and go this this is pretty sweet okay i could play this on the table and i feel pretty good about it but it's like i mean we're painting these models we want to improve we want to get better so, like, why aren't we pushing ourselves on a more regular basis to just finish a model? Like, actually finish. Follow through on it. You know, and I and I look at this model even now, and I, I'm kind of like, well, there's probably more I could do. Of course. You know, and that and that's usually the case, but I don't know. Like, what what is it about a model when you hit a certain point that you're just like, that's good enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm trying to explore that a little bit, kind of see where that takes me. Yeah, there's there's the saying that art is never finished, just abandoned. But I don't know. Uh, for me, like sometimes something just clicks, and it's like this model's done. I'm never gonna touch it again. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been there lots of times. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, if you have 10 hours to work on painting, uh, pretty reasonably, you could get one quite good model out or two pretty good models or three pretty good models. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or a whole pile of, of decent, I don't know. It depends I don't know. how fast depends, you paint, yeah. but it's, depends it, on the person, it's all for a sure. trade-off for sure. I know yeah. trapped under plastic, we're talking about, you know, what a hundred hour minis looks right, like. Right, yeah. For, for this last week. And uh, I <laughs> was listening to those guys and I don't, I really don't think I could do that. Spend, yeah, you gotta spend wonder. that much time on a mini. I'd, I would have to, you know, I was thinking about like what mindset I'd have to be in to be willing to put that much time into one mini. Cause man, once it starts looking pretty good after five, 10 hours, I don't think I would want to, <laughs> yeah you know keep futzing with it but no i i i'm with you man like uh and i guess it's all it's all dependent on uh the end result or the end goal i guess i mean if you're if you're aiming to compete on a level you know then yeah you're gonna have to put in the time Mm -hmm. you know because everybody else even if they didn't like you're gonna want to make sure that you put in the time oh for sure uh yeah, like you've, you've got to have gaming. such vision for for what you want it to look like, and you have to really love your, you know, you have <laughs> yeah, to yeah. love that model, and you have to love your idea for that model. And I don't know, this is, I'm trying to understand. I I don't understand, but right. I'm, I'm trying to put myself into those shoes. <laughs> but I can I can happily work on a model for for a little over ten hours, depending yeah. on you know what's what's going on, but. Yeah, so anyway, I'm I'm excited to see your Van Karsten next week or yeah. when this podcast yesterday. is out. Check check it out. It's yesterday. You know what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh wishing you and the family the best of the luck coming up here. Uh, Hopefully you've done more to prepare than just uh buy some kill <laughs> teams, but not, uh, you sure know, diapers. I bought I bought diapers too, so there's diapers that. and kill teams. Diapers and kill teams. Uh, so I just sent you a picture of that Von Karstein on your on your little telephone device. That way you can yeah, see not it. in my pocket. And, and we'll, we'll talk well, about we'll it later. Well, look at you. Jeez. Ugh, fine. What, is he, you want this radio <laughs> for me to be looking at my phone saying, like, oh, it's a pretty good little vampire you got there going, buddy? Well, okay, so theoretically, right, like, Behind okay, the hold scenes. on. Let me let me let me behind the scenes. This out. Yeah, you you do that. Boop, 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 Take off your headphones boop, boop, and you go. Oh, oh look at that! Look and at then this. magically, the image would appear on the screen for oh, everyone else to no, see. Casey, you're you're doing good work here. This is. Oh, hey, I'm I'm glad you really put in the extra effort on this one. I can. Yeah, I can see the improvement. This is a great model, and. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, everyone should go check out that video on eBay Miniature Rescue's <laughs> YouTube channel. Uh, like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Share it with your friends. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I see how that is. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, yeah, so I've been doing that this week. It's been pretty good. Um, yeah, man, like, uh, that's that's actually kind of it. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you know before we've we've had little 
talks as as if you were going to stock up episodes to be ready for this uh, paternity leave. That's a and good point, yeah. That sounded like a an impossibility. How's yeah. how's that going? Yeah. Uh I'd still I'd still call it on that level of of it being an impossibility. Uh I did try though. Like I I actively tried each week. I believe and, you. And there were a few weeks where I got ahead and I was like I'm feeling real good about this. I got the video done on like a Wednesday, right? Yeah. Threw that video up early access on Patreon on a, a whole Wednesday. Comes out on a Sunday. They had it on a Wednesday. Feeling good about that. That started on a new Thursday video. Thursday and Friday for uh, like looking up weapon options for specialists on your Death yeah, Guard kill team, that's, right? That's quite literally how it went. No. Uh, <laughs> um, there was a little bit of that, you know, whatever. But no, I, I, uh, I grabbed a new model. I started the process over, you know, got footage, did all this stuff way ahead. Right. And then just inevitably something would come up. I don't know what it, I don't know. It just ended up happening. So like I tried, but, uh, there is absolutely zero amount of content lined up for when this kid comes. Um, that being said, I did buy a webcam, so I've got my my dongle for my camera and a webcam, and I'm I'm good to go for streaming. I got my OBS frames all ready to go, so I'm planning on doing some of that. Hopefully, um, we'll see how that goes. And as far as like models go, I obviously have a a ton of stuff, so I'm debating on whether or not I should go in and do like the baby diaries. You know, all uh, miscast Nurgle Diaries, but, you know, some some kind of like vlog style. This is what I can accomplish in this amount of time. Sure. Or if I should just go, hey, here's here's the, the cheapest model on eBay. I don't know what it's called and what it is, but I painted it and it was good. Yeah. Uh, this week on eBay Miniature Rescues, we are testing out green contrast paint. <laughs> right. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking, right? Like, <laughs> here are the things that I like. This this thing. This good thing. No, nah, I mean, yes. you, can, you can start branching out into your top five lists and your bottom five lists. And I, had your, a, uh... I had a good top five list already that I made for it, too. I was like... Top five conversions you definitely need to try in uh, Warhammer. Yeah. My top five favorite models that I haven't sold back onto eBay. <laughs> exactly. Though, I mean, those kinds of things, right? That's like the, the easy, uh, low-hanging fruit kind of stuff. That'll hey. probably get way more views than any of my actual effort put in videos. But, you know, I got to hold off for, for times like these. Art from adversity, you, you, exactly. that time crunch, you're going to come up with beautiful things. and Exactly. And we'll be here every other week to talk about it. Yeah, and if you have any ideas for those kinds of top five, li five lists, top five lists, there you go, <laughs> uh, head over to youtube.com slash paintbravely, the podcast, and leave those ideas in the comments just for me, because I need help. Yeah, I'm Casey, we're, we're all rooting for you and your family. And, you know, for your clickbaity YouTube videos that will coincide with the, the birth of a exactly. beautiful and healthy daughter. 
I'm thinking of uh, this week, or in this case, yesterday's video. It's going to be something like uh, like giving up early or quitting. You know, I'm quitting forever or some stupid thing that's going to get oh, those, most that's perfect comments. Clickbait. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. most clickbait it can get. Like, uh, yeah, like new baby's coming. I need that clickbait, Dosh. Like, it's it's got to come. I don't have a choice. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you're ready. You're as ready as you're gonna be. That, that's probably a good way to put it. I'm I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Okay. Well, there we go. Um, you know, we were talking before we started recording, like, what's new with you? What's new with you? And I realized, you know, um, I've got nothing on that scale. You know, new, no Not new lives scale. are being added to my life. Uh, new models, a, though. New models, though. I yeah. feel like that is amazing. <laughs> All right, so so let me start in on on my little story of what I've been up over over here yes. in Goobertown. So I was working on painting some tabletop world buildings. So these are these uh, nice resin, medieval sort of fantasy style terrain buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen them before on the YouTube channel. Nice little medieval houses and stuff. And that was going to be the next Goobertown Hobbies video and. I got like six of these buildings looking pretty nice. Um, you know, behind me on the shelf here, I've got, I've got four like prototypes, but I've got six yeah. larger buildings that Some, are coming uh... along that are close to done. I was doing a, a Warcraft style, and by Warcraft yeah, I style, say... I mostly mean colored roofs, colored we, we... roofs and and amber windows. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> anyway, I was I was really close to having this video it was it was a couple days away let's let's be honest a couple days away but it was it was coming along nice and then on my doorstep is warhammer quest cursed city Mm. yes and and when was this this was several days ago at least three or four days ago before recording this podcast yeah right so it it showed up on my doorstep about two days ahead of the review embargo and so the way games workshop does the releases is you know they they hint about a product coming out and then they do the reveals and their hype building and they start putting out their tutorial videos and the idea is that the the hype crescendo kind of reaches its maximum on pre-release day which is one week before the actual release of the product Mm-hmm. And so the idea is, and, and they've been doing a pretty good job of it, the idea is that they try to just sell out of the product on pre-release day. And for some of their larger products, they've been doing a pretty good job on it. You know, the, the Indomitus, the uh, this yeah. Cursed City. So, Yeah. Um, I'd say they, they've definitely been on their game. Yeah. Uh, except for maybe that Prime Nexus, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Hey, you win some, you lose some, but I'm sure yeah, yeah. I'm sure all of their products sell just fine. Yeah. Um, the their batting average is super good. It's real yeah, high. They're they're yeah. doing well. They're they're selling out of stuff as they're raising prices, but they're you know, they keep putting out good models, which is why people keep buying them. Um and anyway, this the, kind of their most recent like tent pole released is Cursed City. It's a Warhammer Quest product, so it's sort of a board game. I mean if you know me, yeah. I don't read rule books, but it, my understanding, it's basically a board game. <laughs> it uh, it this is, one, this in one fact, I, 
There's a board and tiles. Yeah. Yes, it is a game on its own. Oh man! So I was popping the chits out of the the pieces of cardboard. I saw that. The, I saw the markers that in your, your and the tokens. And I felt that pain. <laughs> yeah, I've I've gone back and forth on whether or not I'm ever actually going to play Warhammer Quest. Mm. So on the pro side, apparently it's a it's a game for one to four players. Uh -huh. And I meet the minimum requirements there, so I could give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good call. And the models are really are really cool. And I was mm -hmm. thinking, and I have most of them built, and now I have a couple of them painted. But I, the question, which hero would I play as, mm. like, actually got me really inspired. Mm. But you know, I was, I was just like, ah, here's a here's another game. I don't 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 know if I want to have another game. But the question, if you were to play this game. What would your hero be? Who would you who would you go questing as? As and starting to think like, oh, you know, this one's pretty cool, and and this one's got the stake launcher, and and, and I was starting to get into it a little bit. So, you know, maybe maybe I'll give it a shot. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so, off the top of your head, right now, which one would you just what's your go to? I think I I think I would go with the witch hunter. But, right, cool. but then again, like looking at some of these other ones, oh man, the this priest is even pretty cool. Actually. Yeah. Um, Got him right there, of course. One of the minis I didn't paint up is he's he's kind of like a nobleman, and his mm -hmm. gimmick is that he's got a he's got a jacket, but he doesn't have his arms through the sleeves. So he's got okay. he's got a gun, he's got a giant sword, and then he's just kind of has like a winter parka like just slung across his back. That sounds and pretty sweet. A, it's got a real like yuppie vibe to it, you know? Right. Like uh <laughs> like in Happy Gilmore where Happy is making fun of Shuda for not knowing how to wear a sweater. Like it, it's good, it's good. Um But anyway, so you know me, I, I hate reading rule books, so I do not know if I'm gonna play this game. And I was I was at a high ebb where, you know, like the, the characters are cool, I got them all built. Uh I think I could get yeah. into like it from like a from a role-playing side of things like let's sure, sure let's enter through the eyes of this character start with trying to identify with the the hero and then i started popping out chits and there are so many different tokens and markers yeah. and counters and yeah. i'm just like no the you know games workshop central actually did a good thing and put empty plastic bags into this game box so mm -hmm. that you can put your you know chits and, and stuff into the empty plastic bags and they sent like eight big plastic bags and i'm trying to think like okay the, the i'll put the little hexagon markers in this one and the little circles in here the little rectangles in this one and these squares have different markings from these squares and these squares are bigger than these squares and so these are all all just different cardboard chits to play this game with and it was to the point where I needed to like double up and put multiple chit types into each of these eight different plastic bags. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> this is, this is testing. Uh, <laughs> this That's is really funny. testing whether or not I'm going to crack open that rule book. Uh, there are lots of big box games like that, that, that do that. Uh, yeah. Gloomhaven is a perfect example. It's, it's like, the amount of crap that you have to punch out and keep hold and track of is it, just unbelievable. It's like, it's really cool. But why couldn't you figure out a system to hold this crap in the box? Like, 
I don't have to spend another hundred dollars on on a, an organizer that fits in this box to organize all this crap. Well, it's not like I mean, uh, that's that's a whole interesting. Uh, what's the word? Company. There there are companies that do that that sell yeah. organizers to put in your game boxes. That's mm -hmm. a whole interesting little industry there of making specialized holders to go inside the the Warhammer Quest box. Yeah. This one's going to be extra hard, though, because there's no way to put those minis back in the box. Really? But, so oh, right, now, right now, my Warhammer Quest box does have all the, you know, game board tiles and all the chits and all the dice and whatever else was in there, the rule books and stuff. But there's there's no room for me to just, well, there's probably room. It's just not advisable for me to start chucking painted no, plastic painted minis models, in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ooh, interesting. Uh, Gloomhaven has little little boxes for each character. Mm -hmm. Um, and that that seems to do all right. I painted a few of those, and they they've stayed in good shape. But that, yeah, I don't think Games Workshop has actually gone down this road hard enough to actually necessarily know what they should and shouldn't do to put into a box like this. Like, what kind of organizational things? It's like, oh yeah, you know. Uh, big box games come with all these little Ziplocs. That's sweet. Let's do that. Well, you know, how are you organizing them versus how is everyone else going to organize them? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know that they have enough experience with that. Cause I, I think this is probably their, I, I, it might be the biggest game standalone individual game, the most models, the most stuff that they've ever made. Yeah, I think it it might have slightly more stuff than Silver Tower, and I I actually don't I own a copy of Blackstone Fortress, but I think it might be a little bit bigger than that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so even even the storage issue aside, I was looking at all those chits and like, oh, do I have to know what each of these is supposed to represent? Like the number <laughs> of the number of rules implied by like 15 different types of markers uh, uh makes me unhappy so uh, sure we'll <laughs> yeah we'll we'll think about that but um of course i did do some painting because that's that's why i'm mostly interested in these boxes and let's be honest even you know these games is, is yeah. to paint minis um so yeah, the the box showed up on my doorstep two days before the review embargo lifted, and it's like, okay, if I drop everything, I can <laughs> I can get a video out. So oh, you could have too. You could have if you drop everything. <laughs> like I pushed sleeping, it. I pushed it eating. pretty hard, and it still took yeah. me you know four or five days to to make a video where I painted two minis. And I mean, you did paint two models to like a pretty good standard so they look decent it, it they look, makes sense these are the ones we were talking about where i wanted to put one more day into them but i just said eh, close enough uh but that happens. that happens <laughs> it does yeah um but yeah so I, I decided to paint two of the models from the the cover of the game uh, mm. the the characters who were drawn the biggest on the on the box right. art van helsing and brienne of tarth correct yes yep yep right pretty much there and cool models i was happy with the paint jobs they did on them um and put the video up uh, as we're recording put it up today people are watching it so cool 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 and i'm thinking i might use the rest of the characters in a game of goobertown roulette 
So instead Ooh. of instead of drawing from a pile of brown paper bags where nobody knows what's in any of the paper bags, you go it'd for be fun to be like, roulette. here are mm. the options. What are you rooting for? I hey, like it. Here's a, here's a hint. I'm rooting for this guy. Right. Honestly, I think this guy looks really stupid, so hopefully we won't get that. But <laughs> what would be the fun if we didn't uh, let Chance decide, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there, though. I'm I'm getting my, my Curse City box in a couple days. Um, if you're gonna do that, you you throw you throw an extra dice over here for uh, eBay Miniature Rescues. I you might want have me to, to pick your minis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little quick little thing. I'd be like, Brent told me to paint this. I have a child, so I'm gonna sit on my couch. Here we go. Yeah, I'll do the thinking for you on this one. It's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, Casey, that, today you are painting. Uh, exactly, exactly. You see where I'm going with this? Little I like dwarf it. guy. Yeah, even if it's a stupid one, you just tell me to paint it, I'll paint it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I okay. Just um, I was just throwing that out there. Huh. Yeah, no, this is the this is the second time that Games Workshop has sent me some some review stock ahead of schedule. And it is it is fun to get those packages in the mail. I wish they'd send them out maybe like a week earlier than they do, but eh. Yeah. Such as to be like, in time for the actual release would be would be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it's clear that they're trying to build hype up for pre-release day, not even release day. Like they, mm-hmm. they're interested in pre-release day. Um, yeah, and so getting, you know, if they're if they're trying to get us, or if you want to call us independent content creators, independent influencers, we are Games Workshop contractors. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. No, that's that's too far. Yeah. That's that's pushing it too far. I yeah. Apologize. But if but if they want, you know, the the YouTube channels and such to actually contribute to their pre pre release sales at least, yeah. um, send them out send them out a little bit earlier. You know, you might uh, mm-hmm. might get some better results that way. Have um, a higher percentage of of painting and gameplay videos to unboxing videos you know yeah, um, yeah. that's true but things to think life. about games workshop what's that things to things to think about for games workshop oh for sure for sure yeah i i mean i do feel like as far as as that stuff goes they're they're a little bit behind the times um you know they've caught up in so many other ways and done so much right you know especially like over the last like five years and that's that's just one of those things that they haven't quite figured out yet. It's like, how do we deal with this this whole thing of, you know, content creators, people pushing our products without us asking, you know, but have a large following, you know? Sure. That's kind of a big deal, right? It's like, just is. And they, they need to think about it, I think, just a little bit more than they do now. But, you know, they'll get there eventually. Yeah, yeah we don't we don't know for sure, but... I'm pretty sure just from publicly available information that like Miniac Scott did not get an early copy of this box, which is full of vampires. I feel like, I feel uh, like we would have gotten a vampire video rather than a, a sexy calendar video, but we'll go into that in a little bit. Will we? Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, make sure Scott gets your box of vampires because the vampire guy 
Yeah, because Miniac will uh, make yeah. a video that gets 100,000 views very quickly about yeah. painting your vampires, and they're good models, so he will say good things about them. Right. Um, I don't yeah. know, it just seems like <laughs> malpractice not to make sure that uh, it's <laughs> that's like a, that's one a of good these boxes <laughs> is in the hands of certain people. Uh, yes, absolutely. And of course, right, it's like when picking and choosing, how did it come down to like these options? And I'm not saying that, Brent, you're a bad option. I'm not saying that at all. No, you are no, a very I mean, good like, option. Uh, but I would, <laughs> you know, comparatively, or like comparatively, in terms of people yeah. who like are obvious good choices. If you if your intent is to hype the product that you're releasing, if your right. intent is to get more eyeballs on the product that you're releasing, yeah, um, yeah, no, a, a British man should have come to my house, uh, stolen the box back for me, and and driven over to Minnesota to put the box in the hands of Scott. <laughs> like, that would have been the better call. Like, right right yeah. exactly or at least like uh guy from midwinter minis i mean his his channel is sure has exploded and is, gets tons of views and yeah. he obviously likes warhammer quest because he built that channel on the back of blackstone, Off of fortress. blackstone fortress yes that is uh, a, a very good point actually out of out of in fact almost more so than scott and the vampires right the fact that midwinter minis was built off of a very large chunk of, or I mean the, the entirety of that, the box set, right? Yeah. It was the it, In its entirety painted. Yeah. And, and so I'll say, yeah. you know, in the last few days I've seen Scott streaming because he, he streams okay. and like, it was pretty clear uh, from the stream that he was doing things other than assembling vampires. So I'm pretty sure Scott does not have this box. <laughs> right. And in, in the same way, like, you know, we, we talked to guy and we, you, you know, we don't, we don't know for sure that he doesn't have the box, but there have been no obvious signs that he does have the box. So, yeah, and I, again, like just just in general, I feel like if if you had gotten it, yeah, if he had gotten it, yeah, he he would have done something by now, right? Like he he can put videos out pretty quick. Oh yeah, like speed oh, painting. Yeah. He would have gotten half that box oh, yeah. done already. I mean, like I speed painted half this box yesterday. Yeah. And it would have been great. Yeah. And but that video um, did not come out. Yeah. He, he absolutely, <laughs> he, he puts those speed painting videos out for Warhammer Quest fast. He could have done like three different characters. Exactly. Before the, At least. Yeah. In time for the, the pre-order. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. I mean, they sold out anyway, but. <laughs> they did. Yeah. It's not like what they are you doing? help like at this? all. <laughs> There are obvious correct moves to the point where if you mm -hmm. don't make them, that's uh, that's a mistrial. That's malpractice. That's uh, right cause right. for cause for dismissal. That's uh, yeah, it's uh, right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So you know, a few years ago, there were very few full time content creators. You know, mm -hmm. a, a few years, there was uh, mini wargaming channel, but other than that, eh, spiky bits, uh, I don't know, there, yeah. there, there have been some, but um, it's really been in the last year or two, maybe, yeah. that, uh, you know, Miniac quit his full-time job, mm -hmm. uh, so did Emil, so did Guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You and I to a lesser degree, but uh, there I mean, is te a technically this is my full time job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there is a cast <laughs> of 
full-time content creators who spend a lot of their working hours painting Warhammer figurines and part of uh, part of public outreach should be proper communication with uh, with all of these figures um, you know like guy and and uh, squidmar like their channels in terms of amount of views rival mm -hmm. or beat the official warhammer channel oh for uh, sure yeah. yeah so yeah. i don't know uh we're, we're we're entering a brand new world i'm glad i got my box i'm sorry uh, <laughs> uh i'm pretty sure scott hasn't gotten one yet hopefully he was able right. to uh to hit the button on that pre-order in time and so that he will eventually get a box of vampires i, mean, I can't imagine that out of uh, yeah like there's no way, There's, right? The source will make sure he's okay. Dan at the source. <laughs> yeah, will, Dan the man at the no source will, will make that, sure he's okay. And Scott and... does not get a box of Curse yeah. City. Or two, <laughs> at least. Like, I don't even... Somebody... I just felt, you know what, dude? You can have mine. Like, this just feels wrong. This feels wrong. Seriously. <laughs> that would be the thing. Yeah. Because how does that... How does that happen? How would that even happen? <laughs> Oh man, Scott's uh, trolling eBay for the three hundred dollars scalpers for yeah for this box of vampires. Yeah, so I I paid under MSRP uh, by about forty dollars, uh, and currently they're sitting about fifty to a hundred dollars above MSRP on eBay. Wow. Um yeah, they are they, that price is is going up. So yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean there's clearly... going to be a second wave, so they should go back down. But right now, people are panicking, and, and the prices have, have skyrocketed pretty good. Well, they've got their they've got their marketing worked out. Even if they're they're not sending a box to Scott, they've they've got yeah. something under control there. Um, but again, yeah, we're we're in this new era of there being full time major content creators for this, you know, largely for for this product line and. Mm -hmm. You know, be, because this is now the full-time job of several people, they're they're gonna be doing this for a while. Like there's mm -hmm. there there's gonna be a, a midwinter minis and a miniac talking about Games Workshop releases for I mean, who knows for how long? But let's say ten years. You know, uh, I for, mean that's that's a at least a good like short-term guess for yeah, sure for for at a least while a decade, there. Right? Uh, yeah, they they got to find a way to communicate with the the big people and and set up decent relations with the uh, the big people and you know, the the influencer community or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, um, you know, a, a while back, you know, a guy had his video. I terminated my NDA with Games Workshop because the the relationship just wasn't worth it to him, and that was. Right, to hold back. That was that was a loss. Like, yeah. regardless, you want to make sure that you are able to have communications with Guy because he is going to be important to your shareholders. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Like yeah. literally. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird thing to think about. It's weird. It's a weird thing to think about. It. It really is. But it's a it's a brave new world, Casey. Um, brave new world. Yes. I got I got my box of vampires. There was some other good stuff in it. Speaking of other good stuff in there, there was a there's a really cool wood elf model. I don't know who yeah. else like w likes wood elf models, but not Scott. There's got to be somebody out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, what what else are we talking about today, Casey? 
what else we hmm. got going? Well, we were going to talk about specifically basic bases, mm-hmm. things to do to your models after they have been painted. But I'm sure everybody actually wants to know what the hell is going on with that calendar. Because I, I do. I, I want my copy. Does anyone know what we're talking about right now? Yes, they all do. They all do? They all do. And if should they we, don't, they just Should we found set out. the stage or should we just assume that you say the word calendar and people know what you mean? Um, I think in this case, with the, the, the people that, that listen to us, that watch us on the YouTube channel. Hmm. Like, I, I have to have a feeling that there's at least a majority that understand the calendar, that have heard about this calendar, that have seen the pictures <laughs> in this calendar. Um, Scott put out an April Fool's video that was quite provocative. Entirely Amber's fault. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But it featured a calendar with pictures. 12 months of uh, miniature painters. And uh, I have to say, there was really only one picture in the entire calendar that actually got brought up and is the reason that people actually want that calendar. Mm. Jeremy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's kind, kind of a beefcake calendar. And it's <laughs> got, uh, had the idea for this video like, very shortly before April 1st. And so he was throwing together uh, a joke OnlyFans video for, you know, Scott starting up his OnlyFans and join now to get the uh, mini YouTuber uh, beefcake calendar, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And so March 31st, uh, Scott sends out messages to all of us. Um, <laughs> you guys I need a little bit of help here. It, it, this was like, I want to say it was like 10 p.m. It on, was so on the 31st. late. It was pretty late. It was late. Yes. Yeah. Um, he says, hey, guys, a uh, little help here, but I need to make a joke. Uh, sexy mini painter calendar. Yeah. 12 months. Help help us out. And by the next day, by golly, he had one. <laughs> yeah, like a legit full on. The the community really came together and and crowdsourced some some stupid photographs of all of us. To... <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Yeah, but hey, that was fun. That was stupid, and it's good. I feel like we've we've had that joke going for a while now. Yes, and like, and Scott long, just decided to pull while. the trigger on it, huh? Yeah, which is interesting. Um, I mean, I don't know why somebody hasn't done it before and not the, the like April fools, only fans, sexy calendar, but just in general, like, why not? People don't use calendars anymore. Do they? I'm pretty sure that kiosk <laughs> in the mall still exists in January, but other than that, <laughs> I don't know. It depends on, it depends on the type of calendar. Cause there are, there are the, uh, the minimalist calendars that you can get these days that it's literally just like 12 photos split in half, like centerfold style mm-hmm. that has a calendar kind of on the side, but it's really just a big photo mm. that you switch every month. And that's what you get. That's what you're buying. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's just a thing. Yeah. I haven't been in the calendar market for a while. Huh. 
Yeah, but I know I maybe, want one now. Maybe we'll do it for real. The uh, the comments the comments seemed interested. So, I mean, I think so. Well, Scott's just gonna get all the profits, and that's true. Yeah, he, he is. I mean, we'll we'll have we to argue do? about our charity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there well, you go. You know, have to uh, whittle it down to a solid core of of 12 contributors and, and argue about her charity and yeah. Put some put firm limits on what Luke wants to do for his photo. And <laughs> his was the most depraved. He had that it one was, black yeah. sock he was wearing. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you haven't seen it, we'll throw the, the link down in the description. Just because. Yeah, the Scott just has it like flash up on the screen for a couple of seconds, so you'll kinda have to the mouse thing. your it's way like through. Yeah. The the couple of seconds in that video was the comment section too. Oh yeah. That's no, that's he, the, he had a couple, crazy thing. I'll say he had a couple of like funny moments during the video. I really liked Oh he did. The, I liked the video. It's hilarious. Yeah, getting getting his hair to wave because he was with the airbrush, with the airbrush <laughs> yes. was hilarious. Yeah. Oh I, I was dying. That's the actually my thing. favorite part. But yeah. I was gonna do that for my photo. I was gonna get the airbrush and do the hair thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, we we talking about bases now? We we done with this? Let's let's move on to basing. All right. So <gasps> so let me let me start. I had an alternate quick tip on basing. I don't know what we're gonna Ooh. say about basing, but let's let's uh I have no kind idea. of refined our center here. Yeah, let's get yeah. into the main topic of this episode. Miniature basing, is it important? And how do you do it? Well, I don't know about that, Casey, but I'm going to start off with a quick tip about basing. Mm-hmm. This is something I I tried ninja style this, this last project I work on. Don't paint the base rims at all. If you have a base that doesn't have a gate on it, if you have a like some of the recent Games Workshop bases, the uh, the plastic is injected from the top of the base, and the base rim right. itself is pristine. Yes, and so you don't need to you know clip a nib off of there and file anything mm-hmm. down. If if your base rim looks good in black plastic, don't paint it at all. Agree. No no primer, no black Nothing. base rim. It's already mm-hmm. got a black base rim. You're not going to get a coat of paint smoother than that smooth plastic so which is ironically textured slightly but you know whatever pretty smooth pretty pretty smooth 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 as a a thousand grit sandpaper i got just just textured enough for a little bit of a matte sheen you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. matte finish and um look i don't know how this is gonna go this this quick tip might be awful but it's just something i tried for the very first time on That that vampire hunter and uh, old Brienne of Tarth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I tried not painting the base rim. Just very carefully hand priming the the texture on the surface of the base, on top of the base. Yeah. Look, I don't I don't know how this is going to go, but I liked it for now, and I've got yeah. the I've got the Citadel mini holders that kind of has the the clamps that come in from the side and, sure, yeah. and kind of spring loaded. Mm-hmm. And those put a lot of pressure on the base rim, and I'm always worried that it's going to mess with the uh, the finish on on painting the base rim, you know. But yeah, it can. 
Like yeah, if, you, big... if you spin the model or something, you spin the base Ooh. in there, it, yeah, it can oh, scratch yeah, that's that. A, it does that's a line. It. Yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, yeah. So trick is not put any paint on there. I don't know if this is a good idea. Probably, probably this is bad. But I don't I, know I'm that it's bad yet. It you. hasn't, it hasn't backfired on me yet. And I, and certainly there are bases where the molding of the base has just a oh, gate well, right yeah. in the side of the base rim, and so that's just going to look terrible. That's not going to work, but. Yeah, but like you're saying, if you if you've got the the base that doesn't have any of that, because a lot of the bases don't, uh, usually the ones you get in the the packages don't have any of that stuff. Um, and I think they've they've mostly gotten away from that being on the sprue. Also, mm-hmm. um, although the push fit bases are usually on a sprue, uh, which is kind of a bummer. Um, makes sense; they're saving money and all that. But yeah, you get those fancy bases like. It's always my goal to not paint the bases, to paint the base rims. It's like, I'm not even kidding. Like, ever since I've been in this hobby, it's always been my goal to try and not mess up the rims. And if I do, then I feel bad and I have to paint it black. Otherwise, I'm like, if I can keep this pristine and brand new, this model is perfect. So you've been doing this for years and not telling have. me. Yeah, that's, that's weird. I never really thought about it until you just brought it up. But yeah, yeah. Like that's know, something I, I I've done. I guess a lot of your early videos, you didn't talk about much about how you actually did the base in the video. No, I actively avoided it for a very long time. Yeah. Okay. For, for probably 60, 70 videos. Okay. Yeah. Is, is, there a, is there a reason for that? Does that tie into our main discussion of how do you base a mini and why? Um, I mean, for a long time, it was, it was kind of like, it's probably like a more of a confidence thing. Like I was just like, oh, whatever texture and it's fine. Yeah. Or I just didn't care. Maybe, um, it didn't seem like as big of a deal, but the more that I got into painting miniatures and trying to tell a story with that painting, uh, beyond just base coat, highlight, whatever, um, Basing became more important. Uh, when I started getting into pewter models, fine cast models, uh, where where there's a new release, right? Um, so there's an older model that's in pewter, whatever, and it's tiny. It's not very big. It's a you know 25 millimeter slaughter base, and like that's your hero, right? On a 25 millimeter, the smallest base that they make, and they're like, "Yep, that's your hero." Here you go. And nowadays it's like the same model or the, the redone plastic kit of that model is on like a 60 millimeter round or something just massive. So, you know, it became this kind of important thing to take these old models that are still technically playable as their newer counterparts and create a story around that. And basing is the best way to create a story with your model. Because that's the most real estate you have. Sure. You, know, you can paint it however you want, whatever. It tells a little bit of a story. You got blood or you got damage or chipping or whatever it is. But your model is your model. And it is what it is. Your base elevates that and sometimes literally elevates that, you know. Um, if I've got a little stumpy little little model, well, the, the newer counterpart is four inches taller. I'm going to literally elevate my old model. I'm going to fill that space out and it's going to tell a story. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of why I wanted to talk about basing because I think it 
it's more important than ever, especially with this kind of old generation of models and new generation just being mixed in and a lot of older players that still have these older models. Like, what are you supposed to do with those? You can well, still play them. I think you're absolutely them. right to, you know, give them a little bit of height any way you can. And, I mean, I, I just watched your Mephiston video today, and I know that you put two layers of cork under his feet to, to build that base up a little bit. And mm -hmm. actually, I saw someone commented on your video that uh, put him put him up higher so that the enemy can get more headshots. Like, but but for real, like even from a, a gameplay sense, um, even, you know, trying to get small Marines to look more like uh, big Marines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, give them a, a layer of cork or two. Yeah. Um, and I know that I've definitely seen you enjoy using a sheet of cork board as a material when you're doing your bases. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good go-to for quick, like dynamic basing because, you know, you can, you can do a lot of basing for pretty cheap that way. Mm -hmm. Just tearing up some cork and making little rocks and whatever. It also gives you that elevation. You can build it out that way and you don't have to worry about, you know, cardboard or, you know, cheaper material. Like it looks decent. It still looks like cork. Some people don't like it, but uh, I've always found it aesthetically pleasing when it's been painted and dry brushed. Um, you know, it's funny is that that comment that you mentioned um, that came from a YouTube channel. The gaming YouTube channel. It's the guy that I've been playing Warhammer with. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, I painted scouts like uh, just old, old Space Marine scouts, right? Like a while back, and we we had that discussion of like, well, people are saying, uh, yeah, you put them up on these bases, you gave them that elevation. Well, I played those scouts in a game of Kill Team with the guy that left that comment, and they did get shot off the board because they were too tall. <laughs> That's why he was uh... saying that. So, modeling for disadvantage yeah. literally yes it's disadvantage to to do that if you're going to play something as specific as kill team now in in 40k and age of sigmar it's not really a big deal and it's more at least from my perspective about the storytelling aspect of it so not not quite the same thing now so so how would you uh you know how do you balance that the the gaming base versus a display base I mean, I think if you're if you're like the hardcore tournament player, then there are like minimalist basing styles that uh, Games Workshop generally recommends. You know, out of the bottle they sell texture paints. You know, uh, they're a little expensive, seven dollars a bottle, but they work really well. You just plop it on the base, move it around, put some grass tufts down, and you're you're good to go. It looks pretty good, um, and you really don't have to do much. Um, I think Vallejo. It's probably the big company that sells like the big bottles of that type of stuff. That's just way cheaper. Oh Does yeah. The exact same thing. Oh yeah. Um, so like look into alternatives, but you know, the games workshop stuff in a pinch will do. Uh, I like that stuff. I, that's what I used for a long time. Like when they came out with that stuff, I was just like, wow, thank you. Like this made my life so much easier. Cause even back in the day, I didn't base my models. Like if, if you were going to do anything, like straight up 20 years ago, you're going to paint that plastic base goblin green and call it a day. I've like done you're not this. Putting anything I've done on this. There. Yep. Yeah. So we've, we've come a long way, I think <laughs> like since those days. So, um, 
I think that that like personally I would go story over gameplay. Um although True. I I try and stick to the standard base size. You can technically go bigger. You can always go bigger than the the uh, recommended base size or the actual regulation base size because it allows your opponent to have the advantage of of piling more models around that base. Uh but you can't go smaller. So I I try to never go smaller than the official base size of whatever model is the current model. Uh, just because I don't want to have any arguments with, with anybody, sure. you know? Yep. Even yep. if it's a tiny, tiny, like the great and clean one, the old school great and clean one, the metal one, like mm-hmm. he's not very big and putting him on a 120 millimeter round is kind of hilarious, <laughs> but that's what you got to do. Hey, give him give him a pile of trash to sit on. That's what and you got to do. I've I've seen that, and it looks awesome. Like you literally oh, yeah. you use that as your scene to tell that cool story. Like, you know, this great and clean one. He's uh built himself his own circus, and it's like got a trapeze on it, and it's this whole flying circus of Nurgle, and you know this awesome stuff going on. Like I've seen some really cool stuff. So there's there's more creativity in that aspect, and I think basing while I pretty much ignored it for a really long time has become this kind of more important thing to me as, as a painter that kind of goes along with whatever I'm painting. Um, and it, it, I'm starting to view it as, as something I need to include every time rather than like sometimes if I feel like it. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, it's, it's one of the skills I want to improve on. Right. Yeah. Because somebody who knows how to, like you're saying, tell a good story with a base. Those look awesome. Uh, I've got in my head like Sam Lenz right now. I, I'm remembering a particular Twitch stream he did back when he had a good inter- internet connection. And <laughs> he had, I mean, essentially a bit spin, but it was a bit spin of like random tiny household objects. So tiny gears and capacitors and. I don't know, scraps of, you know, a dozen different materials and in addition to, you know, like buckets of sand and all that stuff. But it's kind of fun to build up a collection of small materials. Mm-hmm. And he was able to, you know, put these together to make kind of a, a ruined industrial site. And at first, you know, before it's primed, it's like, okay, tons of different materials on there looks kind of funky, but We've we've said this before, but the the act of putting down a layer of black primer does so much to make everything the same material again, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it all looks like it actually does belong on that ruined industrial site, and then you can start painting it up and telling that story. Yeah, and so you know, for me, a, a lot of the skill of basing. A good part of it, at least, is just building up a collection of cool knickknacks and, and cool uh, wires and cables and grates and, and all that stuff. So, um, you know, back when I used to have a job, uh, one of the things I really liked about that job was the uh, the trash can or or the <laughs> <laughs> they they had oh, like yeah. a swap site for. Item, items that were basically trash, but it was possible that somebody would find a use for them. 
So mm. it was everything from like dirty glassware or like chemical glassware to very old computers to, to very old instruments to actually the the chemistry model kits that I use in the, the videos, like Goobertown yeah. videos. I got yeah. those from that trash pile. <laughs> uh, like just nice. a ton of old teaching chemistry model kits. And I, you know, gave them a, a serious bath and got some more use out of them. Uh, but I love rooting around in a trash pile looking for knickknacks uh, and mm. be that old electronics or, or what have you. Uh, if you can get like a good pile of things that are not immediately recognizable, we've talked about this before, you know, don't include a beer bottle in your terrain right, right. because it's recognizable. But if there's yeah. tons of gears and stuff, you don't know where you got them from. Um, I've heard like the insides of printers are great. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's tons of little gears yeah, and you mechanisms get your, in there. Yeah. Yeah, your your eighty dollar HP printer that was made to break two years later. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that can live a second life as the as the base for, uh, not Mephiston, but certainly your big uh, plague boys. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your your Adeptus Mechanicus. Adept. Oh, definitely Adeptus Mechanicus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I I bought I bought like. Three kill teams of Skitari and and the depth of I, dude, Oh, I can't wait know. to see how you base those. You don't those. even know. Oh yeah. My God. <laughs> I forgot about those. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just telling stories about rooting around through the trash. Uh, yeah, it reminds me of our first episode, talking about the good old thrift stores and so important. trash cans and so you know, important. Yeah, yeah, the. When you are at a thrift store or you know at a dumpster, just be looking for like weird little things that you don't immediately recognize, but are exist on a small scale. Uh, mm -hmm. That once you spray paint them black, that might be just yeah. the thing. That that's the thing. You you start living in a world where you imagine everything being spray painted in a matte black. Mm -hmm. Possibilities just start opening up. Like you, you look at almost anything, like. It's it's weird. You can even find random like uh, ceramic stuff in a thrift store. It's like oh, it's like a little cherub, little cherub baby, something or other. You you spray paint spray paint that thing black. You, you know you you give it some kind of like bronze look to it. You put patina over it, a bunch of blood splatter, and it's like there's sweet terrain. Like oh, it, it, it just takes on a whole new life that you didn't even know that it could have. Cause it's just like this yeah. rosy cheeked cherub in a thrift store. Like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I want that for my grim darkness table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you're watching miscast for just the creepiest, weird little toys and stuff getting <laughs> spray painted and recast and attached 100%. to terrible toad monsters. And yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, just more proof that we are all actually Sid from toy story. Not Andy. <laughs> Mm -hmm. like that's actually what we are just slightly more guided hopefully <laughs> i know i know um so a serious advice though uh getting back to my habit of buying things in bulk you can get very cheap bases from china and you know just go and search on ebay 25 millimeter bases you get you know yeah. 100 for 10 bucks or something like that yeah. free shipping pretty sure it's the last uh, time i got basically it was that yeah. yeah 
and yeah, they basically work. Uh, sometimes they pretend to stamp GW on the bottom of the bases. Normally, <laughs> normally they don't go that far, but they're they're the correct dimensions and uh, mm-hmm. they look proper. Uh, yeah, or you, you can just you know use any circle. But what what I'm saying is testing bases and and like playing around and experimenting is fun it's easy it builds skills and when you're done you'll have a a collection of like uh, tiny palettes essentially tiny example uh bases that you can take a take a painted mini and just like sit them on each of your your 20 practice bases and Mm -hmm. that can really help to cement ideas and to figure out what you want to do and you know i I'm a person who likes to do bases separately from minis most of the time. Mm. So when I'm painting minis, I almost always try to temporarily glue them onto just a little 25 millimeter base for like a a painting base. Mm. And then at the end of the process, I'll, I'll take the mini off and put it on its real base. But uh, yeah, th- so those temporary bases, I just use a dot of super glue, and normally I try to put the super glue under the left foot just so I know where it is. Stick it down to the twenty-five millimeter base, put that on my painting handle, paint the mini, and then you know I, I use a small base because it's just not in the way while I'm painting a mini, and then later on I'll I'll put the mini on a whatever more complicated base. So the most, uh, what's <laughs> what's the word subassemblies that I do normally my subassemblies is I have the model and I have the base and right. towards the end I, I put them together and make sure that they match and stuff yeah um so I think it's really useful to have a, a little pile of of ideas of, of test bases and yeah. uh, bef- before I forget here uh, the the channel eons of battle has a really great quick series of ideas for bases. Mm. And uh, I think this playlist goes back maybe five years or so, but uh, a couple of young guys who were just making quick two-minute videos about uh, here's an idea for a jungle base, a desert base, an exploding base, a sector mechanicus base, whatever. And that's just a really fun playlist to leave on just get these two minute ideas after two minute ideas um and you know try a few of those techniques out and then you have some <laughs> some tests around some trials some experiments for your for jungles and and grasslands and whatever else and then when you have a new mini yeah test things out i've i've actually even done this a few times recently where I finished painting a model and one of my old test bases is actually pretty much right for, for the model. I just stick it in on and, and call it good. Yeah. That's what I did with my, uh, my fiston. That was Perfect. a base that was for something else that I built up and I was like, Oh, it's exactly what I would do probably right now. And this one's already done. So just put the model right on top. Finish yeah. it up. And, and that's why I'm, you know, suggesting going out and buying a bunch of extra bases for cheap is so that you're mm-hmm. not, you know, too precious with uh, the more expensive bases that you get in the actual model kit, which, right. you know, if you if you are buying the 
genuine GW stamped <laughs> bases. Like, yeah, I don't know, those are fifty cents a dollar each, something like that. Yeah, you know, it, uh, what I found over the years is uh, a lot of the local game shops they'll sell bases for pretty cheap. You know, like a quarter a piece or something. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. In fact, the all of the shops in hmm. my town, I think they all sell bases. So that's always been kind of nice, and I'm not sure where they get them from. They just have extras laying around or whatever. Um, if you're buying on eBay, you seem to end up with a lot of extra bases. Um, I don't know why. I have literally like an entire drawer filled with bases. It's just nothing but bases, like all sizes. And they just kind of came with other things. So I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I haven't bought bases in a while. The last project that I actually purposely bought bases on eBay for was uh, Goblins. Hmm. You know, re- rebasing from squares, unlike you, uh, mm-hmm. keeping them on squares. But I, I put them all on slotted rounds. So yeah, I bought like 100 of them for 10 bucks. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't consider myself a particularly good baser, but... Uh... I've I've always got some ideas and I'm always testing new stuff and uh, yeah get get yourself some cheap bases run some tests uh, collect yourself some some old printer parts and uh, yeah any knickknacks you can and as always if you go to the beach bring your Tupperware uh, I love that yeah, yeah I mean very seriously like I have. I don't know, six or seven little jars of, of sand of different grits around here. That was me walking around just one stretch of beach. I mean, the the ocean does a pretty good job of sorting the, the big rocks and the small rocks, and you got your pebbles and your different grains of sand, and just walk around the beach, you'll find the different yeah. patches. And if anybody's looking at you, just either do or do not make eye contact with them and just fill your Tupperware and get out of there. I've I've never had anybody stop me. I mean, I, if you're on a public beach, like I, I'm sure you can't take truckloads of sand away, but like a jar or like a little thing of it, I don't think anybody's. I mean, gonna... in in a lot of places, I'm sure it's technically illegal, but probably yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe check your if, local. If you if you actually uh, get stopped ordinances. by somebody, I, I mean, you can just make eye contact and pour it back onto the beach. I I don't know, like it's not. I was moving it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I last time I was up in Oregon, uh, I, I grabbed a like a shopping bag, and I went down purposely. Like last day, I would just happen to be there. Drove to the beach, went down, started handfuls sand into the bag. Took the bag, tied it up. It was sitting in my van for a good six months before it actually like fully dried out. You know, <laughs> and that's been my my go to basing material for like the last year and a half. No oh, joke for sure. It, the like the beach sand the the fine fine sand that you can pull out of that is awesome and then it's got so much good variety in it that i can mm. almost always just dip it right in you know it's it's base ready yeah some you know i've, I've seen some people on you know youtube or streams or whatever and it, it's interesting to see what everybody's different like sand jar looks like yeah yeah and a lot of people I've seen have like a weird mix in theirs. Like they have one container with a variety of different grits and including mm-hmm. some, some pebbles and like some 
little little crab legs and everything in there. And I don't know, that seems like a good way to do it too. I, yeah. you know, when I went out beach uh, searching, I, I mostly got different grains of sand, roughly. I mean, there's some, some good variety like of shapes and stuff in there. But, though, right? but uh, yeah, so my jars are a little better sorted and I've got my jar of pebbles, my jar of sand, and my jar of coarse sand, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then I do have a jar that's like mostly tiny little seashells and stuff, which is their day will come. I'm telling you, man, I I let them slip through like in my beach sand. There'll be little pieces of shell that are pretty recognizable, but they slip mm-hmm. through and it just adds like a weird alienness to yeah. to a base. Like it, it, yeah. it doesn't quite come across as a seashell, right? that multiple grit like that. I don't know. I like that variety. And I, I think that's why people do that because I used to go like how you're talking about where it's very individualized. Like I had my grains separated and I go, okay, you know, a little fine grain right here. That's going to cover these gaps. Oh, I got to have some medium pebbles. And how about a big rock right there? That's cool. Yeah. You know? And like, that was, that was fine. You know, it looks good and it's very purposeful, purposeful if you want to go down that road. But like I've just found the the randomness, especially when doing like large projects of of just a mixed bag. Yeah, quite literally, it's like I don't yep. know. It's freeing because it's like PBA, scoop it, you're done. It looks good. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Agreed. And and I've definitely seen you know videos where they're saying, okay, we're gonna do coarse, you know, coarse sand, yeah, fine yeah. sand, then we'll put a few big ones in there. And uh, yeah, there's there's something really nice about just having a a go-to mix and mm-hmm. even having a pretty brave mix too and just, just dipping <laughs> right. in there. But, um, on the topic of like natural materials, I've, I've seen this uh, concern pop up a few places of people worried about, I don't know, bringing like critters or mold or disease or something into their house. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, if, if, you know, you are worried about it for whatever reason, um, you know, stick your sand in the oven for a while. Uh, if it, if it cooks chicken, it'll cook your sand. I figure, mm-hmm. uh, just an, enough so that it kills any, uh, materials. And that's not, that's not something I'm too worried about. Like I'm not, uh, meticulously cleaning my shoes every time I come in from outside or, or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, but most of the time, uh, the way that I've heard that go i suppose um is if you're introducing wild sand into um like an aquarium or a uh like a, a terrarium for a spider or a lizard or something whatever it is um then you you definitely want to bake it because you don't know what kind of stuff that's carrying for your animal that's going to live in it sure. right like i, mean, that's I, I a... had a that's a separate thing. I'm with you there. I, right, right. I, yeah. But as um, far as like, yeah, touching it, like human contact wise, like if you're going to paint over it, especially. Yeah. There's nothing in there. It's like going to get out. Yeah. Or well, I've just seen this a few places and that includes if you're, you know, pulling sticks in from outside and yeah, you know, uh, uh, Scott Miniac has some great uh, basing videos also. I know in one of his videos, he was, you know, had a piece of bark on there and the piece of bark looks great. And he's saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to seal this now with a ton of super glue, a ton of thin super glue to seal it. Like, or you could not, I mean, are you, yeah. are you scared of that piece of wood? I mean, it, 
I guess there could be a queen termite in there. I, I guess. In theory, there's not. But, but. <laughs> in theory, depending on the army, like uh, yeah. Yeah. that's that's a go for me. Um, like, uh, I'm making a Nurgle base, and I got a piece of bark on there, and something like legit pops out, like a maggot pops out. Like, yeah, leave it. That's cool. <laughs> that would be. I would be surprised, but. That'd be the most liked photo on Instagram, literally, I would have on my entire account. Just a, a termite a point. thing popping That's out. That's a good like, point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm all about bringing in natural materials onto the base. Uh, some of them look good at that at scale. Some of them look a little bit weird at scale. Yeah. Um, it gets a little funky sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I've got some tiny, tiny mussel shells, like clamshells and stuff, but mm-hmm. this the scale still isn't quite right. <laughs> they're still giant clams. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. like within the realm of possibility for uh for a fantasy environment, but still pretty big clams, yeah. <laughs> I I'd say like you go deepkin on that and you cover it in resin Ooh. and you're gold. Like the bigger okay. the clams the better. Look good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't know if I have a ton more to say about basing here. I mean, I think I think the the gist of the conversation that I really was shooting for was like, you shouldn't be afraid of basing because it doesn't have to be that difficult. Like we're talking about going in your backyard and grabbing a pile of dirt, you know, um, you know, you're at a park, you're at a, you go down to the river, you go down to a lake or something, the ocean, you you get materials all over the place. Like I have based ten thousand points in beach sand from Oregon and they don't, it, they don't all look the same. That's just a starting place. You know, it covers all the gaps. It does the things you want it to do. And you can stop there if you want and have cool looking sand. Um, generally you paint over it. You start adding things in like grass tufts. Grass tufts are an easy addition. It doesn't have to be complicated. The, the army painter has good grass tufts. So they're pretty inexpensive. You know, you start moving up into there, you get, some crazy companies that are doing crazy things with grass tufts. Um, you know, there, there are so many different things that you can do to make your models look just a little bit better and tell a, like a more cohesive, succinct story without really having to do a lot of work. And it just adds to your paint job. Like painting is a whole thing on its own, but basing, like you look at any award-winning paint job and it's like, yeah, it got there because half that model is a base and it's awesome. Like oh, yeah. in a lot of cases they won because the base. Oh yeah. So it, it's, it's something to think about that that goes in conjunction with your painting that we always need to be thinking about and building our skills and just trying to get better at all the time, you know? So don't, don't even necessarily think of it as something separate. Just start to build up. Like, like Brent said, go buy those cheap bases from China. They're, essentially GW bases, you know, probably came out of the same factory, but, uh, like that's a good place to start practicing. Just start building different things. Like, you know, you, you want to try some crazy water base or whatever it is. Go for it. I mean, I, the last couple of videos I did some water bases and they completely failed. They still look pretty cool, but not what I wanted, but they look there. Yeah. I'm going to get there. Like I even looked at two part, uh, thick, like heavy pour resin today. I was at, at Michael's and there's this massive selection of it because it's so popular now. <laughs> like 
where it's never been popular before. Everybody's doing these thick pours, you know, for resin these days. So it's it's becoming more available, but all this stuff is becoming more available, or it's literally in your backyard. So say so just go for it and make it a part of your normal your routine when you're doing models. Side topic. I want to make friends with some people that work at Michael's. I would love to hear the stories <laughs> about how they like recognize the different type of customers. You know, that's, right, that's uh, a good question. You know, Hobby Lobby is, you know, you mostly got your a uh, little more religious uh, crafters, you know, and uh, Michael's, you got your maybe a little less religious crafters and still still a lot of knitting and, and scrapbooking and and all the rest and yeah you got your your parents coming in to get the the kid a, i don't know off-brand lego or something and <laughs> and then you just got your your gamer coming in for thick pour resin inks and i don't know what else a lot of good uh, stuff at the craft store but yeah it, it depends on it depends on the season Oh yeah. Like uh right now it's spring. Michaels has fake plants like everywhere. So you you you're doing your Sylvaneth army like right now is the time, people. Get those fake plants. You know? You throw a little bit of uh like paint over the top of that, you mat those nasty plastic plants down. They actually look pretty good. <laughs> I just, I'm still just picturing like, you know, the cashier watching the people walk through the door and then just a nerd walks in. Like, <laughs> like a, like I like walk a, in to Michael's just and a they look at me. Just like gamer wearing <laughs> flip flops and like a stained oh, Star boy. Wars shirt and everything and just like heading, heading straight for the thick pour resins. Like, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was in Michael's, uh, it wasn't that long ago. And there was a guy in there looking for gloss varnish, but he didn't quite know what the product was, but he was like trying to tell this, this lady that worked there. He's like, look, like I'm painting these models. Right. And I'm like, listening to this conversation. And he's like, I, I want to make, I want to make the eyes really, really shiny. Right. Like they're kind of glowy and all this. So he's like explaining this, this, this lady. And she's like, I, I have no idea what product you want. Like, and they're looking at all the testers paints, looking for something, looking for something. It's like, I'm thinking, okay, there, there's several versions of gloss varnish in this store and I know where they all are, mm -hmm. you know, like, here you go. This is, this is for your model. I promise this will work for did, you. Did you actually? Yeah. I, I gave the guy, okay, I, like, good. I told him like, Hey, here, he, this is what you're just varnish, right? Gloss varnish, like Liquitex has some in the other aisle. It's like a $14, you know, gallon of it or whatever, but it'll do. Right. And there was some other stuff too, but yeah. I think even Mod Podge has like a gloss, whatever, something, but yeah, you can tell, you can tell it would be a fun conversation to have with one of them though. Oh, for yeah. sure. What if they see me coming? <laughs> I actually think I may have heard on an episode of Life After Cover Save that uh, Blake worked for a little while at a Michael's. Uh, so, yeah, I might have to, to see what he thinks. Like, 
Yeah. Like someone walks in the door. Ah, they're going. They're going straight for the scrapbooks. You know. Like, I mean, he would have walks the, in the door like the that. That, that kid's that, right. walking out of here with the model dinosaur. Right. I think we might have to give him a call. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. We'll do that for sure. Yeah. And then you just see like like Blake's cousin or <laughs> Blake sees Ed walk in the door and like this guy's going straight for basing materials. <laughs> exactly. That little tiny section in Michael's that has like like four bags of different grit sand and rock. Mm-hmm. There's some way overpriced trees, scale trees. Oh, those are those yeah. are wicked. Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh man. I went to Michael's today. I was in today. You're just bringing this up now? Yeah, I went to Michael's today. I uh I needed some more uh black card paper whatever for my backdrops oh yeah oh i do know uh, what you mean poster yeah, you board do. black poster board yeah well no it's it's, oh, it's like smaller. actual cardboard paper whatever you call this stuff this this stuff construction paper yeah construction paper i don't know why i forgot what that was called it's all right construction paper <laughs> You got your nerd walking into Michael's trying to explain what construction paper is, but they I want see it that only in black. Black, yeah. Yeah. thick kind of, you know, flaky paper. ass paper. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Cardstock? No, no, no. Card something. Yeah, anyways. Uh I need some of that. I got some I picked up some uh some nice Liquitex white ink. Ooh, new I bottle need to restock that. on that. Yeah. Yeah, because uh I've I've gone through like I don't know, like this year, like three bottles, a lot yes, of, a lot of Liquitex ink. So yeah, I think that's about um, right for me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, good it's a lot stuff. Yeah, it is good stuff. Um, and then I, I picked up some like rubber adhesive material that I thought was interesting. Like this kind of foam that was adhesive on one side that, that, you know, you can cut to make like roof tiles. And then I was sitting there like, walking around Michael's going like, why the hell am I buying this sheet of weird rubber crap to make roof tiles with? Like, I don't make scale roof tiles ever. You will. I know. But then I, I was just, I was questioning myself and I was just, it didn't make any sense. I don't know. It was just a weird thing, but they have weird crap like that. And it's like, I go up to the cashier and it's like, here's white ink construction paper and a weird rubber mat adhesive stuff. Like, what are you buying? What are you, you know, let's just get that look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I would love to know what they actually think. Like if they can spot people, if they can separate that, Oh, there's a knitter. They're going to knit all day. I think there yeah. are some strong clues, but you're right. It's more interesting when you can't tell what they're doing. Yeah. If they're buying uh they're buying seven different colors of yarn. Like you, you, you can make some guesses. Yeah. But if right. you, if you walk up with three extremely different. <laughs> yeah. Three things from different aisles. Yeah. It's a little bit harder. <laughs> like one fluorescent green paint. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And, and some rubber. Construction paper. <laughs> well, I think, yeah. 
you know, the mind would try to put that together as what are you doing to this construction paper? Because the construction I, yeah. paper would be like the base of, of the project. Like you're sticking some, some of this rubber stuff on yeah, the construction paper. Painting and it white with white this ink. Green I ink can kind of see that. Color it at all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been asked before, like, well, what are you, what are you painting? Cause it's like, yeah, here's a bunch of random, like, product mm-hmm. that doesn't actually go together really and it's like oh you know i paint models i'm not gonna go into it <laughs> they just assume it's like some car or whatever you know an airplane yeah. or a boat mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah sometimes it's just too much it's too much to to, to lay down on somebody you know? most people don't really care that's that's really what it is so they're being polite they don't actually give a shit at all yeah like your hairstylist doesn't care that you paint warhammer i promise that's true unless they play so that's why you just got to mention it and and see if they keep that conversation going yeah like usually what i get is oh i make videos on youtube and uh yeah i paint models and, and do things like that and they're like so do you like work at youtube company <laughs> no no i really don't like that's that's where that conversation ends yeah well i haven't gone to a to a hairdresser for a little while that's true last experience was was not a good one so i stopped going so you just stopped yeah like, screwing my hair out it's fine but mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> well, all right what else we got casey I, I do know that we will be uh, continuing the normal podcast schedule, regardless of uh, babies. Whether or not I, I hit my video schedule is a whole other thing. Hey, what are you going to do, you know? Literally. I'm not going to be <laughs> sleeping for days. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we're all rooting for you. It's a, I appreciate it's a special it. moment. Yeah. All right. Well, it, it should I be guess... pretty good. I guess when we return with the podcast, there's mm-hmm. going to be a another small eBay rescuer in, in the yeah. household. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the goal. Exciting times. Yeah. And on that note, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. We appreciate you. The movie Footloose plays the song Footloose three times. At least I just I just clicked through it and I got three without even trying. It's a lot really, of times. just like randomly footloose. Well, how does that go? Yeah, the footloose song. And I'm thinking of something it was, else. It was on Hulu, and I was oh, like, and you watched Footloose just because? No, I didn't watch it. I was like, I, I literally clicked on it because I'm like, you know, that, that song's pretty good. Do they? Is it like the credits song? Because I. I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through, but I was like vaguely aware of what Footloose is. It's like it is a town that sucks and then Kevin Bacon comes and there's a good song.
the um, dance off or some such. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit through two hours of that, but no. I, I want. I clicked on it with the intent of finding when the Footloose song plays during that oh, okay. movie. It's like the and climax so, of. And so I'll say it starts right off opening credits, and I'm like wow, you're starting with the opening credits, the main song in the movie. Okay. And then I'm like, I wonder what about closing credits? And I click to the end of the Saves. movie, and there yeah, it is same. again. And I'm like, oh. And, and then I'm like, what are the chances? I click halfway through the movie, yeah, right. and the they mid, just did a bar the doing a Footloose song. I'm like, well. Oh, heck yeah. You know, it's it's, it's quite song. possible it's even more in that movie. I, I That's the know. thing. Like, I... And, and I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to sit there and click like at the, the you know, two thirds mark and the quarter through mark. But right, I right. can tell you that the song plays for a significant portion of the runtime in at yeah. least three different parts of that movie. In each act of the movie. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, Footloose, that's the that's the movie that goes with this song. And I was like, I was kind of wondering, like, you know, how that got cemented into common knowledge is it is it just like a really good credit song that like somehow you know got uh associated no that song no, plays through the entire movie it. yeah i mean it, it kind of makes sense i guess if you're gonna yeah. do a movie based on a song or vice versa like it, it better play like quite often yeah well we appreciate yeah. you and we will talk to you later keep it full loose people keep it full loose we're gonna use that again, aren't we? A keep it footloose, or keep just footloose. That's the second ending, or surprise footloose ending. <laughs> yeah.